Hey everyone, welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Destine, your co-host of the show. Today we are here with Josh Stewart Van Dusen, the CEO at Tandem X Visuals. How are you, Josh? I am doing fantastic today. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm glad to know you're doing well. Let's get started. What does your agency do and how did you start it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a simple question, but I think it's uh, it's got a really big answer for most of us that are agency owners. And uh, Tandemex Visuals is a visual production company uh, based out of Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, so we predominantly focus on visual content production in regards to photo and video. So really, our clients come to us when they've identified that they need visuals to kind of amplify their brand or the problem they're trying to solve within their business. Uh, and we kind of help them problem solve a little bit back behind like, why are we even attempting to accomplish this visuals? What's the objective? What are we actually doing here? Before we even dive into shooting video and shooting photo, it gets really easy to shoot photo and video, but if you don't really align the objectives of the business to the visual production, it's a really expensive process for some clients. So, you know, what we, we do really well is, you know, identify the business objectives that a client would come to us with and then make sure that that can kind of reach visual excellence is what we call it around the office. Wow, that's amazing. Visual excellence. Can you give an example of you helping clients with that? Yeah, I think visual excellence is when the clients can fully agree that we accomplish taking the neurons and electrical impulses that have bounced around in their brains and translated that into something that we can kind of go out into market with. And that, you know, being an agency, you know, we are our own company, but yet we have to embody the brand and, and the feelings that other clients that hire us to accomplish. We have to match that. We have to match the same energy, whether that's really high, really low. So we really have to become synonymous anonymous with um, the clients and, and their entire company. So when we talk about visual excellence um, at Tandem, what we're really making sure that we, we're hitting not only like industry related standards. So like this is hitting, you know, for the medium sector or enterprise, like we're matching what other, you know, agencies are putting out from a visual perspective. But not only that, like this piece of content from a visual perspective looks really well. But the objectified nature of those visuals is what's accomplished. You know, we're, we're delivering something that had an, an entire initiative around it. And it looked great. It performed great. And usually when both of those check marks are done, we would consider that to be visual excellence. Mm, yeah. Thank you for expanding on that. What, what came with this idea to just create your agency? What's your story behind the why and the process before you started? Yeah. Um, you know, I think like many agency owners, you kind of just stumble upon this one day and then all of a sudden it's this whimsical fairy tale that kind of follows and you never would have predicted it. Uh, you know, when I graduated high school, I didn't, you know, look at someone and say, well, I'm going to go be an agency owner. You know, that wasn't the career path that I you know charted out on. But yeah. I think that's what makes the agency, you know, evolution so fun and exciting is it usually starts from an idea or a concept. And, and you know, I joined into Tanamex Visuals uh, about nine to 10 months after Tanamex Visuals started. So wasn't my idea, wasn't my concept. Uh, it all started with two brothers, Wyatt and Zach Heiberg, uh, two of my business partners here at Tandem. Uh, and, you know, they looked at each other as two brothers that were creatives and said, you know, do we want to go and make something awesome in this world? Do we want to go and kind of make our mark? And, um, you know, so they, they charted their path and they kind of uh, did all the classic pounding of payments, pavements and, you know, giving the free videos and free photos out. And like, you know, so I, I, I think I lucked out and I missed the kind of early starts of the brand building around our agency. Um, but, you know, since, since then, they kind of uh, I sat around the table and I knew Wyatt and Zach from a couple other um, kind of friend groups. And, you know, I, I always had that business acumen. I always had that level of uh, desire to work with clients and problem solve. And, you know, I, I like sending off invoices, which is, you know, something they looked at me and said, hold on a second, you like doing that? I think this might be the perfect match because, yeah. you know, I, I think that's what makes incredible partnerships remarkable is that we really um, add to each other's kind of flows. You know, I know why Zach really want to be creative. So when it comes down to the business side of things, hey, relax, sit back, I'll manage the risks, I'll manage the liabilities, I'll manage the balance yeah. sheet. You guys just go and create some amazing stuff. So, you yeah. know, it all started three years ago. And then um, it's kind of evolved since then. 
Wow, three years ago. That sounds like an amazing collaboration. I mean, I like that it's balanced, like one creative, the analytical side, right? The logical side, maybe two. That's good to hear. What would you say you've learned from just maybe your past job experiences that's kind of helped you pour into what you do today? I think uh, I'd previously worked in the telecommunication industry uh, from 2013 to 20, 2018. And what I learned there is uh, the customer buying cycle is like immensely important to the heartbeat of your business. Um, so, you know, when you look at cell phone sales, like, you know, it, there's contracts involved. There, there's there's two-year commitments. Like there's a lot that's actually wrapped around that customer and, and being with that company. Um, so when I joined Tandem, I, I really wanted to make sure that we focused on uh, not only just acquiring customers, get as many as possible, but being hyper obsessed with the end-to-end process, process of those customers go through because just like uh, you know just like cell phone sales you know business is very cyclical you have a renewed budget that budget might go up that budget might go down um so when we look at the relationships that we have with customers i really wanted to take the path experience i had in telecom and, and apply that to the experience that we wanted to deliver for our clients at tandem and that means you know from the initial onboarding meeting all the way to the finalized, you know, here you go. Here's your last piece of uh, uh, content. Thank you so much for this project. Here's your invoice. Like, I, I, I became hyper obsessed with making sure every touch point during that process was remarkable, like truly was an experience where clients would go, that felt different. Um, and I find that some agencies, like they're really good on the front end, they're really good on the back end. But I wanted us to be like, really, really good across the entire line. So it doesn't matter if I'm touching uh, base with the clients in the initial kind of start of the project or Wyatt, Zach, you know, Rick, a couple of our other employees. It, it didn't matter when we would touch base with the client. They all felt that tandem had that brand that they went, that felt different. But mm-hmm. it didn't wasn't one person. It wasn't one stage of the project. It truly was the evolution of everything we accomplished together. Um, and, you know, we a little tongue-in-cheek joke that we always have is that that's truly working in tandem, you know, using the brand name right there. Oh, um, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, you know, taking that existing experience of, like, understanding that people are cyclical. They, they, they do have an opportunity to choose someone else at the end of this term. You know, when you can really, really amplify the customer experience and make them feel special, I know that when that term renewal comes up, when they're trying to decide what next, who next, I want us to be that outlier, the one that literally was so dramatically different from the rest that people went, we have to go back to them. Like, they are the people we want to work with at all times. Mm, That's really good to hear. Sounds like you aren't like just trying to be a part of any of the noise, you're trying to like differentiate differentiate yourself and your agency. So what what is it about that and just maybe bringing uniqueness to your agency that kind of inspires you and helps you lift up your clients? Yeah. Um, in the office, we have a, a little tongue-in-cheek joke that we share with clients. And if we do our jobs really well, then in two years from now, we'll be eating chicken wings and drinking beer. And, and that's what we hope as an outcome from our experiences and our relationships with our clients is you only go and eat chicken wings and drink beer with the people you just want to. No yeah. one just randomly shares a chicken wing and beer lunch somewhere. Like yeah. that's not traditional business. So we introduce that mindset to our clients right away and, and really make sure that they understand we want to be different. Like before we even jump into this relationship, before we start talking budgets, before we get down to the nitty gritty of what the relationship is wholly based around, we want them to know that the outcome that we want is to be their trusted advisor, to be their friend, to to be someone that's different after this project. And Mm. I found that that really helps us be the differentiator because when people already know that we're aspiring to be the best, Everyone aspires to be the best. So that actually isn't a differentiator. But we want to be a friend. We want to be on common ground with people. We want to see eye to eye. Because when we can accomplish that, that is different. That like they're not a customer to us anymore. They're our friend. They're our, you know, our community. They're like they're literally there with us. So when I kind of look to what makes Tandem different, what like we tell our clients, we want to be different. And Mm. I think that that gets missed a lot in the traditional kind of 2020 world is we think the social posts make us awesome. 
I don't know, because other people can do really, really good social posts. You know, we have really good relationships with our clients. Okay, like so do we. But like we tell our clients, before we even start going through this evolution of what we're about to learn with from each other, yeah. we are aspiring to be better than the rest. But not better in a sense of we're the best of the industry. We're different. We're the people that see eye to eye with you and really want to make sure that when you leave this project, you want to eat chicken wings and you want to drink beer with us because it was that incredible. Mm, That's so important. You know, it sounds like you do value building relationships, but just making it more meaningful. That's what it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious to know, how do you get your clients as an inbound, outbound, referrals, ads, social media? What's the process like? No, Wendy, uh, we, uh, I joined the business. It was November of 2019. Um, you know, if you would have fast forwarded five months, uh, you know, it was a way different level of excitement that I had for kind of growing the business. And we, we had to evolve through that challenge of the pandemic. Um, and I, I think that, that that taught me a lot because pre-pandemic times, I would go and approach a business and I would, I would talk about, you know, this video and the photos. And you need it. It, it. It's so important to your business. And they went, well, I appreciate that you want to sell a video, but I want to buy a billboard. And, and so the mindset mm. was, was different. It, it was that digital content wasn't valuable or as valuable as it is today. Um, and, and so really what happened after, like during that pande- pandemic evolution, we saw that our clients and everyone needed more digital content. You know, the rapid mm. rate of consumption for content has never been higher. But that doesn't actually dictate sales for us. Just because people need videos doesn't mean they're going to buy videos from us. So that's when the chicken wings and beer really started to kind of be our marketing tactic. And we don't have a, a lot of outbound um, you know, marketing initiatives. Um, we, don't, we don't have anything that's very stereotypically marketing. What yeah. we really want is we want to feel different. We want our clients to have those referrals. And, and I, I want to talk to them about that. Hey, yeah. who do you know that would love to eat chicken wings and drink beer with me? <laughs> who are those people? Yeah. Because when you talk to your clients that already have that level of comfortability with you, they're going to refer the people that also are just like them. So, you know, when we kind of talk about the projects we want to do at Tandem, you know, when you go very broad with your marketing and just trying for market exposure and you're trying to get as many people in as possible, you're going to get people that you don't honestly want to work with. And that truly, truly, it doesn't feel good. And and as creatives, we have to intimately work with someone and understand them completely. Mm. So when we talk about chicken wings and beer and when we when we really push that narrative, when we ask for referrals, when when that became our marketing initiative, we realized that like it's it's a validation for us to know that people want to reach that level of comfortability, yeah. but also it allows us to find the people that respect the work we do in the creative space that mm. also want to give us a little of that creative liberty. You know, when you work with people that don't want to sit down and eat chicken wings and drink beer, they're usually not the fun people in the world. <laughs> Um, so uh so you know the evolution of that chicken wings and beer mindset you know allowed us to kind of grow this referral based marketing tactic that we want to really 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 push relationships because that breeds more relationships um and and so after we kind of learned that we wanted to make sure that when we did something as a traditional marketing we'll, we'll call it very traditional marketing that we employed a mindset that we wanted to make money to make money Um, A lot of businesses will spend money to make money. And I think it's very funny that businesses will, well, the more you spend, the more you make. Well, I've seen some pretty bad marketing campaigns that have (laughs) just been spend and lose. um, And they haven't been super successful. But I think what, you know, our tactic is and kind of a roadmap that uh, or evolution of products that we've offered is we have headshots. You know, we're a photographer, we have a photography business, so we can offer a headshot. Well, twice a year, we offer a $99 headshot campaign. The cheapest can be $99, swoop in, we'll capture your photos, and that's it. Well, what we do is we'll go to a large corporation that traditionally spends $200, $300 plus per person and say, what about what about a third of the cost? Mm. And they go, whoa, that's crazy. We're, we're cost savings. But I know that it's a huge loss leader for us. But it's a, not a loss leader because we're making money to then have that client relationship come through the back end to make more money. 
Um, so when we look at the, the traditional marketing efforts we have done, it's always been anchored in a way that we have a loss leader, but it's not a true loss leader. We do have re- recouped revenue that was coming down the pipeline. So then we don't look at a marketing strategy and go, oh man, <laughs> we didn't make a single dollar from that. Like that's rough. Yeah. We know no matter what we did during that initiative, we made some money on the back end. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. It sounds like just circling back, sounds like you were ahead of the curve in the digital world in the past, which is good to hear. And, you know, who doesn't want to pave a new way, which is what your agency sounds like you do. You know, I would love to have you just expand more on just creative liberty. You mentioned that. I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the more that you put a creative in a box, the mm-hmm. more they're going to try to push to get out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, with client projects, sometimes you can't, you can't change that. There's a box, you got to stay in it. Um, but, you know, what we always talk with clients about is like, what is your tolerance for us to give you recommendations? Um, is it a lot? Are, are you okay with that? Are you okay with us telling you, whoa, whoa, whoa we're going the wrong direction. Can we give you some professional advice? Yeah. Uh, some clients like it. Some clients don't. And, and, you know, it's a very much so a tempo check in the beginning of a project to say, this scope of project, do we have control or mm. do you have control? Mm. And, and framing that expectation in the beginning is really important because when we're, you know, a month into a project, two months into a project, and we have to start making executive decisions for the, the um, trajectory of the project, yeah. we need to know, is that our call or is that the client's call? Because that truly is what that creative liberty is, that creative freedom. It's that we're able to look at the client and go, we made a decision on your behalf because you trusted us to make that decision. And we knew the best outcome possible would be this. And usually it works out well. Usually that trusted conversation in the beginning allowed for that secondary, third, all those conversations after the kickoff of a project, the client felt like they didn't get blindsided by what do you mean you didn't inform me that you made a decision? You know, it, it's no longer about that level of, well, I, I need to be in control. You know, they allowed us to kind of have that level of control because we have built that trust. And, you know, going back to the previous part of our conversation, that's all, you know, exclusively wrapped around the relationship you have with people. Yeah. You don't, you know, give to people and give, you know, space and creative liberty to people you don't trust. Yeah. Um, so building trust in the front end is, is really important um, because like, you know, we're a team of nine. There's nine of us here at Tandem and, you know, we've done a lot of videos. We've done a lot of photos over the last couple of years, but going back to that, finding the right client, you know, we really want to find clients that give us that trust, that want us to have that creative liberty because that's when I think creatives do their best work. That's when they are their most free. That is when you don't put the box around them. You kind of just give them a general space and go, whatever you got to do, this is an outcome the client expects. And we need to hit that mark with visual excellence. But in order to get there, you hold this power. And I think when you give creatives power, remarkable things can happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Magic starts to happen. That's so exciting. (laughs) I love conversations (laughs) about the creative. You know, I heard that you said build trust. That's so important just to sustain a relationship. Would you say that's one of your core values within your agency as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like it's, and it's so important to business as a whole, but the creative space, like, you know, you can trust someone to build a fence, but would you trust someone to paint your entire family's photos on that fence? Like a perfect mural? Like, no, like you want to have thorough conversations. It's not a transactional thing. Uh, it, it's very much so relationship-based. So mm. you need to trust the creatives. You need to have trust in the people around you because in business, trust really, really is everything. Yeah, absolutely everything. You know, just to transition, I'm curious, what would you say is your agency's expertise right now at this time? Yeah. I think when clients come to us, um, they want to give us the freedom because when we get that level of freedom, that's when our expertise comes out. And and really going back to early part of this conversation where objectifying the marketing first, having that like, what are we even trying to accomplish here? Let's not talk about pretty colors and coloring between, you know, between the lines. Like, that's really fun to talk about. And the issue is everyone loves to talk about the ideas and wouldn't it be cool if, well, what about that? 
and really that's fun. But if you get caught up in the exploration side, the ideation side, you're going to lose the objectified nature of the project really, really, really quickly. Um, so really where I think our expertise lies is when clients come to us, they know they're going to come with key messaging. They're going to come with objectives. And I'm also going to ask, how do these objectives of this project link back to your organization's goals? Because that allows to start, that really allows us to have a lot more clarity when it comes to giving that trust, that creative liberty. We really start to round out the whole entire project, whole entire brand, and develop a really, really deep understanding. Um, because when you can understand the objectives, the key messages, yeah, the organization's goals, you yeah. can kind of, you know, as a creative, you can kind of start to picture the frames, the cuts, how you're going to do the video, how you're going to take that photo, the lighting, the tone. And so when we kind of go to the back end side of the creative process, when we're going through the ideation side, we've done all the figuring out. Yeah. It's playtime now. Yeah. It's time that we just kind of get to roll up our sleeves and have fun because that's when creatives truly come to life. Creatives aren't the type to want to look at spreadsheets and refine business objectives and, and really get into the nitty gritty of it. But when you can give them this like playground and say, here's your space, you know what to do, you know how to play, go, go have fun. I think that's our expertise. It's clients trusting us. They're going to give us the right information to execute based off of what they've previously decided as an organization and giving us the flexibility and freedoms to go and really knock it out of the park with visual excellence. Mm, that's huge. Thank you for expanding on that. You know, I just heard of this recently on a recent call, actually, like they were talking about like how she's a more analytical one and her partner or her team is more like the creative and she just had to learn how to like get more to the analytical and like looking at spreadsheets would just be a no for her. Right. But then like yeah. having that creative <laughs> You know, just exploration kind of helped, and it's just interesting how we're all different. But I'm good to, I'm glad to hear that. You know, within your agency, you guys have balance to it. You know, within just who's able to work on what. I love that you mentioned also just key messages and just having an objective. It's so important because, you know, I'm I'm certain as visionaries, we get lost in just all the new <laughs> and all the oh my gosh, this and I'm getting curious. All of that. Of <laughs> have course. you had to just yeah, balance? Yeah that within in your life before the, having an agency and then now would you say yeah absolutely I, yeah. I think you know as you know being creative I, I'm creative myself but I'm also very analytical so like I'm 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 very torn because you know I I feel like it's the devil and the angel sitting on my shoulders <laughs> at all times um you know if you put a new on a packaging in a grocery store I'm buying it it doesn't matter because mm -hmm. I haven't tried it yet it, it's part of that dopamine trigger in my brain to go yeah. I tried something new today um <laughs> and I think that that's that's creative it's like I think that it doesn't matter we like the shiny things we like to explore and I think that like the evolution of like humanistic nature is people are just put on this earth not to like sit a sedentary life and go, well, I know my community. I don't want to venture past that. Like, you know, we travel this globe because yeah. as a human, I want yeah. to explore. I want to see more. And then yeah. that really stimulates the brain. Yeah. So I, I think that it's, it's something that I've had challenges before. I, I like to look at it as like, not specifically a strength. I think that's a very cliche to say, well, my biggest weakness is my biggest strength. Yeah, but I yeah. think when you can channel that exploration and mm. really understand that being curious is a good thing within boundaries, mm. it is a whole different ballgame then. Mm, that's huge within boundaries. That's good. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you also mentioned just giving creatives a playground, which is, you know, so important, of course, for that exploration process. But boundaries, of course, it just like ties it in together. What would you say you're currently just learning right now to just level up your agency at this time? Yeah, leveling up is something that I've really been thinking about in the last six months. Um, you know, I, I think that we've hit a plateau. And I think that identifying and just being self-aware enough to understand that you know where you are at all times and your agency is, is really important because, you know, looking to the future all the time, it's, you know, we spend so much time, you know, protecting ourselves. There's risks, there's liabilities, there's, there's a lot to consider. Um, and when you look to the future, it's going to be really cool over there when we're going to make a ton of money someday. Don't worry. It's not always going to be like this bootstrap kind of uh, mentality, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know. 
I think that that is where I get the most scared. And I, I don't think I'm referencing being scared in a, in a negative connotation, but I think that it's something I've never done before. I, I've never scaled past where we are today. Mm. So I'm a little bit nervous as to the next evolution. Like what does seven figures look like for tandem X visuals? Like I, I have a guess, but you know, what I'm scared of is, is, is failing because a lot of people depend on the mm. calls that I'll make and the shots that I'll like, you know, people look to me and they go, well, he's going to pick the right answer. Oh, okay. That's a lot of stakes. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, okay. that's a lot of pressure. Um, but I think what I've learned in my career, I've dropped out twice. Now, I went to university, I went to college, I dropped out twice. And it was purely based off the fact that why is this person telling me something instead of showing me something mm. you know like you sit in the class and yeah you can do marketing 101 104 403 <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. but some person's gonna look at you and give you this example about in the in the industry at some point in some part of the world this has happened yeah okay cool thanks for telling me but like where do i actually get to get my hands dirty and, and a lot of colleges are really good because they give you work experience. You can get your hands dirty, but the block, you know, between those chunks of getting your hands dirty, it's a lot of just consume and then dump into a test, fill my brain with knowledge. Hopefully I get a good mark and that will progress me to the next evolution of being a good marketer, you know, air quotes, being a good marketer, good marketer. <laughs> but, but, but mentorship, that's getting your hands dirty. Yeah. And so, you know, dropping up twice, I did drop out twice and said, you know, I, I hate school. No, no, no. School just wasn't the way that I needed to learn to really stimulate the really the brain that I have. I need to do something to learn something. So university and college, it wasn't the right thing for me. Mm -hmm. So when I look to, you know, when I was at that point in my in my life and my career, it was scary. I don't know what Josh in a career looked like. I don't know what that evolution of me and I need to know what I needed to do for the rest of my life. That's a scary thing. And, you know, looking back, my parents depended upon me to make that big decision. So mm -hmm. when I look at, you know, the, uh, the, the kind of the roadblocks and the challenges that I had very early on in my career, even to now, mentorship is really what allows for like rapid growth. You know, to be able to sit down with someone and ask them over a 45-minute conversation, really deep intellectual questions that bring out the answers that you need, that's yeah. what a mentor will actually be able to provide to you. Um, yeah. So when I look to the next stage of Tandem, I know that, you know, vertical integration is a big thing, you know, market expansion, but also finding the right mentors the right kind of people to allow us for those growth shortcuts because vertical integration and market expansion, I can Google it. I could probably watch a couple YouTube videos, but like doing it, I want to go find someone that's done it. I want to yeah. know that there's a specific level of risk that I need to be identifying early on. I need to know that there are opportunities that I can really seek and find right away. If I look in the right places, when, when I look to seven figures, when I look to tandem expanding, when I look to my team and I know that they're going to trust me to make the right decisions to grow this business and our agency, I know that there's other people that will tell me where I'm going to make a mistake a lot quicker than me falling, skidding my knees and getting back up again. You know, mm. that's, I love the agency lifestyle. And I think, you know, yeah. you got to cut your teeth little bits and get in there and get nitty gritty, but yeah. also to be able to ask some questions from people that have done it. Mm -hmm. that's where growth happens. That's where growth shortcuts are get are discovered. And that honestly is where you can 10 X. That's where you can like rapidly expand your business. Cause you're kind of just learning from others mistakes. They've already made the bumps. They've already, they've already gone through it all. So yeah, to grow tandem, you know, I, I have a couple mentors that I have in my life right now. I have a couple that I'm exploring and growing with already. I know that I need that level of community around me to be able to support the growth that I'm hoping to drive for our company. Mm, that was good. Yeah. I mean, it's just so good to just be lifelong learners, you know, just to circle back to what you said about at your experience at university. I think that just emphasizes the importance on embodiment. It's more than like, you need to be in your body and do it and experience it for yourself rather than just like, all right, this is, 
getting handed a textbook and then expecting to, you know, understand everything that's going on, you know? Right. So I think that's so important, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to know, like, what skill would you say just throughout the years you've had to just cultivate over time just to get to the place that you're at today? People. Mm. People skills is like, is paramount to success. You know, I'm, I'm not the entire agency. I'm not a video editor, a photographer, a, a videographer, like a script writer. Yeah. I'm not everything. And when you, as a manager, as a, as a leader in your agency, when you look around, you see people, that's it. Like really the people is our biggest asset at Tandem. So being able to invest in them, being able to understand them, being able to really champion the people we have around us, um, understanding there's different people, they work differently, they want different things. Everyone has the same ha um, hierarchy of needs, but at a very granular level, we yeah. all have different desires. We all want different things out of our lives on this earth. So really that's one thing that I'm, I, I know that when I started this company and, and joined it wasn't something that I was bad at, yeah. but it definitely was something I wanted to get really, really good at. And I think that when you can really focus on the people around you, that's when you can really start to see your business grow and mm. growth, not in relation to revenue, growth in relation to purpose, because each person is going to bring their own little bit of sparkle to your company they're going to add that little extra touch their social cues what they want and desire from a from a do good in this world yeah. they're going to bring that into your company and you're you're the person that, as a leader you have to identify those things and and let those people be validated let them hear that you hear that they want to do amazing things within this yeah. company as well you need to set the the goals that they have not only to align to your organization's goals but what happens if we start talking about what goals do you have outside of this company? You know, mm. How do we truly start to invest into you as a person? How do we make sure that the management resources that you have around you is what you need to grow as a person? Because when you grow as a person, eventually you're going to be a really valuable asset to this company. And the more valuable you are to the company, the more money you're going to make for the company. So, you know, when you invest in your people, it isn't a you're growing your business based off of revenue, but you're growing your business mm. based off of purpose. And when you have mm. more purpose, you have so much more profits and it will mm -hmm. it will come. It will come. But if you chase profits over purpose, uh, I don't know if that's going to be the best solution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I don't hear that often. Like when I ask that question, people don't normally say people as the greatest skill. And that's so important. And as also an asset that's, you know, I yes. think that's very meaningful. And, you know, you mentioned that just investing into your clients and into people. I think that's so important. How has just being a leader been like for you over the past few years? What have you learned the most from that experience? It's been um, incredible. Like, I've always loved people. I, I think I've got a really big compassionate heart. But yeah. you know, when, when you look out and, and you see grits, when you see determination, when you see people that will go above and beyond without needing to, and those are your people, yeah, that's truly a special, special thing. And I, honestly, I have one of the best jobs in the world because I work with people I love to work with. I work on projects that literally energize me and fuel me up and get me excited. Yeah. You know, when I look at being a leader, it, it isn't about the, I tell people what to do and, and listen to what I have to say. It's about understanding that I'm not the leader. The company yeah. is. The people are. They yeah. need to lead me. They need to lead this company because the moment that there is, and I, I love that um, whenever you hear from a, a really rough organization that just has a really bad culture, you'll always hear this one thing. This was a leadership decision. And that's a huge red flag because hold on a second. You're telling me that this person knew better than everyone else here to be able to make this decision. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't yeah. know if that's the right way to be making decisions in an organization or yeah. as a leader to be pushing forward a company. So 
really when I look to being a leader and, and look to the people around me, like they're the ones that are leading me. They're the ones that are leading this company. It's the passions, it's the desires, it's the purpose that people bring into this business that truly allow us to shift, pivot, move, grow, because the people dictate the work we do. So the videos don't just pop up because we are a good company. They pop up because we have great, great, great people. So, you know, I've over the last three years, like it has honestly been like, it's a honeymoon phase that I don't think will ever end, which I think is like, I always tell people like, don't pinch me because I am dreaming like this. I have figured it all out. I am living in some, you know, heavenly dream land where I get to work nine till whenever I want to finish working. Cause you don't want to leave a fun space. You know, I think that because I've been able to invest so much in people and purpose and, and really make sure that our company aligns to the ones that we have around us. Mm. I mean, it's easy. It's truly easy when you let people just be the best part of your day. Yeah. That's so huge. It's so huge. I mean, so often we hear systems and processes and numbers and sometimes people just forget the people, business people, part of it. And I just think it's so important just to emphasize that within your core values and just the way that you're able to lead and bring about that within your agency. It's really good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Like one of our core values is uh, relentlessly optimistic. Mm. And, and that's, that's literally not something I've uh-huh. ever heard in any value of any company yeah. ever. But it serves a purpose because mm. not only are we representing our business, yeah. we're representing another business, another brand. But more importantly, we're representing the evolution of brands and businesses. So with that, that's hard. That's like, yeah. it, is, it is thankless work. It is stuff that, it's the nitty gritty. It's the stuff that people will never go, wow, thank you for going above and beyond. Thank you for spending the extra hours. Hey, I know you just finished this entire video. I don't like it. Can you change the whole thing? Like, you know, you can't be relentlessly optimistic and thrive in a creative industry. Like, sorry, yeah. you have to be relentlessly optimistic to thrive in the creative industry because- you know, we do hard work. It is challenging. We, like I said, we have to take the neurons and the electrical impulses that bounce around in someone's head. We have to consume that as, as you know, what do you want to do? And we have to spit that out into a creative sense. Wow, that's difficult. And the amount of times that we've been told, I love this so much, but the but is terrifying because what after? You loved it, but okay, tell us what you want. But, you know, I've always loved that, like, we can have a feel-good moment in those positions where clients don't feel like this hit the mark. They feel like something's astray. And if we can lead with positivity and go, no, it's okay. I get it. Like, somewhere we have gone amiss. But don't worry, because we're going to make this better together. Like, that's what being relentlessly optimistic is. It's just making people feel like they're important to the decisions that are being made in this creative project. Mm, It's huge. That hope is like, okay, it's possible. We can do it. We can do it. It 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 might require a different path, but we can. That's important. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say you're currently most proud of right now on your journey as an agency owner or just in life in general? Yeah. You know... I've talked a lot about people and I think if I keep talking about people, um, you know, that's, um, you know, I I will, I'll I'll keep talking about people. Um, I think that, you know, leading group of people that are passionate, but also seeing them grow, you know, Mm. I've grown personally, I've grown immensely over the last three years, owning an agency, uh, personally, professionally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. um, spiritually, Every possible way that I can grow as Josh Durfanduzen on this incredible earth, any way that I've been able to grow, I've grown. But to see the people that I've brought onto the company that we've trusted with our client projects and, and when you abstract and completely remove business, these people have started families Yes, and they've bought the cars they've wanted yeah. and they have the house they desired and they have their lives and they trust us that 
whatever it is in the future, they trust that they're going to commit their time and they're going to get something back. And paychecks are paychecks, and that's awesome. But what I'm most proud of is seeing the evolution of the people that have trusted our brands to provide their livelihood, to yeah. give them the things that they desire, the yeah. the, uh, the hierarchy of needs, the, the things outside of that traditional thing, like, you know, the house that they've wanted and, and you know, the one that they've been looking at with their, uh, their spouse for a super long time. Well, how do we make this possible? So, you know, something I'm the most proud of is, is seeing the people around me also grow with me. Mm. Um, you know, we're a younger organization. I'm, I'm 28 years old now. The average age here at Tandem is 26. Um, we're young. Wow. We are a really young company. Yeah. But with that, we've grown so much in the last three years. Yeah. And what I'm proud of is just being able to be able to facilitate some of that growth for people, to be able to provide livelihoods, yeah. to be able to invest in them and let them kind of be the own, their own champion of the life they want to lead. I don't know. It, it, it makes it, it makes me smile every day. It's why I think I have the best job in the world. Like I get to just give people opportunity to be the best they can be. And that's something I'm absolutely most proud of. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> you can just feel your heart. <laughs> I, or I can just feel your heart. I'm like, oh, I really feel this yes. with you. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, I, it sounds just very meaningful. And, um, yeah, like you, like you feel like you're a part of something that's greater than yourself almost. That's what it sounds like. And that's so important. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when it comes down, it, it doesn't matter the the subsection of agency that you're in. Like purpose and people are so important. You know, you could, ha- you could have an SEO agency. You can have a web design and development agency. You could have a digital uh, marketing agency. Like it, it actually doesn't matter where yeah. you work. When your people when you identify that your people are your most valuable assets, yeah, things start to click purpose and feelings and hearts. And like yeah. when you abstract it, our business has grown, you know, 60 to 120% year over year for the last three years, not because we've struck gold, but because we have purpose and people. And, and, and that's where, you know, I, I hope there's an agency owner out there, kind of, you know, they're the solopreneur or someone that has the one or two employees yeah. really kind of takes this and understands that people will lead your organizations to profits. They, they will drive a better future. They, they will make your life a thousand times better. You got to mm-hmm. let them know. You got to let them and give them the space to make that step in your life and your business better give them the power don't try to hold it because the more (laughs) you hold it the worse it's going to (laughs) get yeah so important you know i'm curious to know could you see yourself go into this this line of work i mean before like did you ever expect or maybe gauge that you'd be owning an agency working with people working with clients building them up like anything (laughs) No, never. Ever. Yeah. I think like, you know, the classic uh, job I wanted when I was like super young was yeah. I want to be a marine biologist. Uh, I then realized great white sharks are a lot scarier than uh, than I assumed. Uh, and then yeah. the sea is really big. So it's I'll funny. leave that to the professionals. Um, but, you know, a- as I grew older and, and, you know, when I graduated high school, my mom asked me and I'll, I'll never forget this little moment we had. She said, what do you want to do now? What next? I don't know. I just want to be successful. Like I, I, I didn't have a prescribed journey. Yeah. I didn't have a path. I just said, doesn't matter where I end up. Doesn't matter where I land. I just want to do something great, and I want to be really, really good at it. Yeah, that's really what I want to accomplish. And I, I like that I, in, in, in you know, very naive of me, uh, very young in my life. You know, I didn't know I'd end up here. Ten years later, you know, here I am. Yeah. But the framework that I set upon myself is. It doesn't matter where you go, what you do, just, just be really good at it. Yeah. That does like the rest will follow just hyper obsessed of being good at something that fine, like, I had passion with, or I, I enjoyed doing just be really good at it because if you're really good at something, someone's probably going to pay you to do that thing. Yes. You can get really good at it and then go find the people to pay you. Just, just get, start getting really, really good at the things you like doing. And eventually, you'll land in a pretty awesome job just like this. Yay. <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, Thanks. just to kind of transition on the flip side of this question, what would you say is your biggest rock to move right now on your journey to seven figures? Yeah. I think, uh, I think mindset's a big thing. I think like, you know, the thought of the analysis paralysis uh, is yeah. always scary when you think of growing your business and going back to the fear thing of, oh, am I going to make the right choices? Um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, finding good people. Um, you know, we, we live in a, in, a, in a smaller city of 225,000 people and, and, and there's lots of creatives. But, you know, I always, always, always make sure that we're finding people that have the same purpose and, and you know, values as us and, and they want to desire. And, you know, as I look to rapidly grow our business, these people aren't just everywhere. You know, yeah. so it's actually quite challenging to grow your business, but be really obsessed with making sure you have the right people. Because mm. I, I've hired the wrong people. I've had the wrong people in our organization and it didn't work. And it, it, like, that's, that's my biggest fear is it's just not yeah. working. Um, so I think just finding the right people to kind of allow us to hit the next evolution is really important. Um, I think like I, I previously talked about vertical integration, um, you know, videography and photography are our core services that we offer. Um, but mm. what are tertiary kind of services we can offer that amplify those core services that mm. add to that profit center that we have as a company? Um, I know that like, I can, when I have this people problem here, well, you have this people problem, but that's capacity. That is, that is more projects, that is more work, that is bigger projects. Yeah. But what are the things that we can do that don't have to add more people that might add a little bit of extra stuff that we'd have to do in a day, but yeah. adds more revenue, adds more profits? We already figured out the whole framework around making awesome content and you know having great relationships with the clients. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say, how do we get more money out of them? How do we provide more value that they'll pay for? Yeah. Because that's truly the road to seven figures is not convincing one guy to pay you a million dollars to do one big project, but having many projects that add value to your clients that they come back to you over and over and over again for that eventually they go, of course, we go to Tanamex visuals. They have this, they have this, they have this, mm. this, 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 this. Mm. They've solved our needs. And they've added value to our organization. I think people is a big problem that we'll have, just ma making sure we have the right people, uh, yeah. but also just making sure that we're aligning other services and offerings as a company that add value to our clients as opposed to are just another cost, something else that they have to pay for. Because eventually they're going to go, hold on a second. I thought we were chicken wings and beer people, but you sold <laughs> me this thing and it didn't work. And I, oh, I just, I don't like it. Okay, they didn't get value from it. So that's where I think the biggest you know, kind of rock we need to move, making sure we have the right people in the right places. I think once you have that, the, all the cogs in the machine start moving a lot easier. Um, but also making sure that when we add additional service offerings to our business, yeah. it isn't something that is purely based off of a revenue goal. Mm. It's based off of a value add to that end-to-end -end client experience. Mm, that's huge. Yeah, thank you for expanding on that. Would you say that what it like what it took for you and your and your team members and your, in, within your agency to just get to a consistent basis in your revenue? Would you say that it took just people and just your two, you know, service offerings? What would you say was the thing that helped you? Yeah, I um. If you offer a good product, you know, good people at good prices, business kind of is easy. Um, so, I mean, the evolution of us getting to here, um, you know, we just did, you know, just under $600,000 last year. We'll do just over $600,000 this year. It's super exciting. It's super yeah. exciting to see our business make that much money. Like that's, that's not a small amount of money. Um, um, so really to get here, there's been ebbs and flows. Like it, it's not been like zero to $600,000. That must've been really easy, like straight up, right? No, not at all. It, it, it's a roller coaster. And, and I know that when your business grows, it doesn't all of a sudden become like less roller coaster and more straight highway. It, it's not that. It's like business is roller coasters. It is ups and downs. It's ebbs, it's flows. It's the biggest client you've ever landed and the biggest client you've ever lost. Mm. Um, so, you know, what's led us to this point is just trusting that when you have a good product with good people and good prices, yeah, it should be relatively easy to keep an existing client base, 
Yeah. Bring on new sets of customers, uh, but also keep our business growing. And, you know, we've really dialed off the um, aggressive growth pattern that we have had in the first kind of year and two years of our business. Mm. Um, You know, this year we've kind of relaxed a little bit. There's no pressure to keep grow, grow, grow. Um, But as we set to look at 2023, you know, we've now hit a plateau and when we've had our, we've had time to catch up with our processes and, and the way that we structure our company. Yeah. But now it's time that we start looking at now that we've had a stable moment to make sure that we don't have any holes in the boats, you know, we don't have no leaks. Now it's time that we look and chart our next path to our yeah. next growth evolution, which, you know, seven figures, that's what I'm not looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah. Thank you for being honest and just being very thorough in your answer. I'm certain I'm certain that clients will really appreciate that. You know, I'm really curious to know, do you happen to have any just favorite agency scaling influencers or authors that have molded you alongside your journey? I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. Um, I think, but like, you know, I think a lot of the things that I've talked about are, are what he really amplifies through his talks is, mm. um, you know, lead with purpose, invest mm. in people, you know, really make sure that when you step back out of your business, you're really satisfied with what you've created. Um, so I would say he's a, a huge one. Uh, Donald Miller, I, I think we all love a good story brand. Yeah. Um, so Donald Miller has really helped us uh, be able to talk about our business and, and really uh, establish why we're different, why we're yeah. important um, to our clients and to the markets that we're, um, that we're selling in. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I have a few personal mentors that I think are, are pretty remarkable. Uh, one being Randall Corwin. He's uh, in, in senior real estate and kind of uh, senior living. But, you know, for me, he's really given me the day-to-day tools mm-hmm. that I've truly needed to kind of evolve. And, and that's the funny thing about mentorship. You don't have to find a person that's scaled an agency. You don't have to find the person that's done exactly what you're doing because other people have had experiences that you'll find valuable. Yeah. You just got to go and ask them the questions. Yeah. You just got to go be interested and learn about their lives and their evolution and the challenges they've had and, and how they've been able to overcome that. So, yeah. you know, I have, I have a couple people that uh, I idolize in the public space. I've got a couple awesome private people that I've, uh, I've really uh, had the opportunity to kind of you know, work alongside of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Simon Zenick and Donald Miller, they definitely take the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for sharing that. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm just certain listeners will really enjoy. And I just want to ask you if you have any last advice for agency owners or your peers listening to this. Absolutely. Um, I think the only thing that's led me here is doing. I didn't do much thinking. And I think that's a good thing. I think a lot of people get caught up in mm. thinking and obsessing over perfection and, okay, well, I, I need to have a full business plan. Nope. You need to start. You need to go. Just yeah. don't look back. And I think that's the biggest advice on it, evolving your business, starting your business, growing your business, whatever you're going to do in business. Yeah. Uh, do a little research. I'm not, I'm not saying jump into this pool two feet without doing any sort of research, but, but trust that you have the right knowledge, the right skills, the right people to just do something. Because yeah. when you do something, you're going to learn. And if you didn't do it, you're not going to learn it. And researching is yeah. not going to help you learn it. Yeah. So just go out and do it. <laughs> Don't hold back. Don't worry. Fear's the worst. But the worst fear is looking back and knowing that you didn't do it. So go out there and change the world. Yay. (laughs) That was so good. How can people get in contact with you? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Josh Stuart Van Dusen. Uh, You can find us at TanamexVisuals.com as well as Tanamex Visuals on all the major social media kind of platforms. Uh, We'd love to connect if you have any questions or want to reach out or you know, have any specific things about finding mentors or people for purpose and all that sort of stuff, um, or purpose and people, reach out. I love the chat. Yay. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really enjoyed and yeah, have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Josh. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks.